Shout out to our sponsors, Kings Peak Coffee Roasters. Located on 412 South, 7th West in Salt Lake, Kings Peak has a wonderful coffee shop and roastery with great atmosphere, delicious coffee, friendly baristas, and plenty of parking. Offering to help anyone willing to learn coffee, Kings Peak is the place to go. Kings Peak is ethically and sustainably sourced, believing that everyone in the coffee supply chain should be properly supported through fair compensation and powered by real human-to-human relationships. Open Monday through Friday, 7 to 2, and Saturday and Sunday, 9 to 2, you will feel love the moment you walk through their doors. For any questions or inquiries or wholesale, visit them at kingspeakcoffee.com or just head on over. Good chance you'll see us there. Until the next coffee, my friends. Shout out to our sponsor, Solstice Malt. Solstice Malt is Utah's only craft malt house producing premium malt from local barley, oat, rye, and wheat. From farm to bag, Solstice Malt has a loving hand in each step of the way. Floor malted, flaked, raw, roasted, smoked, and everything in between, Solstice Malt does it all with pristine technique. Supplied and trusted by breweries, distillers, and all brew supply stores in Utah, we highly recommend using grain from Solstice Malt. For any inquiries or any questions, reach out to Solstice Malt on all platforms or shoot through an email at solsticemalt at gmail.com. Remember, without malt, there is no beer. Until the next month, my friends. You're listening to The Tastemasters, where we sit down and learn from artists within the world of craft beer, liquor, and various fermentation techniques. All right, my family, I am here with my friend, Melissa Diaz. Diaz, how are you today? So good. Where are we right now, by the way? We are in the art gallery that's above King's Peak Coffee Roasters. And it is the coolest spot. Dude, it's so cool. Oh my God. This is really, uh, this reminds me, I was telling uh, our friends that it reminds me of the, the Denver Art Museum I went to a couple, excuse me, Phoenix Art Museum I went to a couple weeks ago. And I just, oh, and there's turquoise downstairs. There's so much, tur- it's 30% off. Don't tell Holly. I'm going to text her right now. <laughs> but <laughs> we, have, we have a two lovely guests in front of us. Would you please introduce these guests? Yeah, we have the owners of King's Peak, Garland and Brandy. Welcome. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks, thanks for, for having us. Yeah, hey thanks guys. for chatting no, with Thanks us. for having us. This is your guys' spot. You're serving beautiful coffee and we get to just pick your brains right now. Are you guys nervous? You guys happy? Excited? No, I'm happy. I'm excited to be here. You're I'm just gonna... chilling right now. You're on that <laughs> awesome couch and you're just pimping it right now. Yeah. <laughs> Brandy, are you ready for this? Yeah. Are you ready? Okay, okay. I'm going to hit you with the question first. Okay. King's Peak. So tell me about yourself. Before we get to King's Peak, tell me about you and a little nutshell of your life and how you met Garland. I want to know how you met Garland. Oh, how I met Garland. The That's original. a long story. story. Like, Well, it's not that long, really. Right. So uh, we were... <laughs> It was a long time ago. How about that? There it is. Okay. (laughs) So we were uh, 15, and at the time we were uh, in a religion that had a, like, camp they would do for kids every summer. And uh, so we went to that camp, and he, or I went, and he had just moved to Nevada. So uh, he was there. It was up at Lake Tahoe, 
So talk about like the perfect place oh to gosh. meet the love of your life. Huge. So, yeah, I don't think it worked well, out that way. It didn't way, work but. out that way. We didn't know at that point that he was going to be the love of my life. But anyways, <laughs> so we met there and uh, we were, he's, you know, introduced himself and he's like, my name is Garland. And I'm like, good God, I've never even heard that name before. Like Christmas tree is all I can think about, <laughs> you know? And so then the following evening, or maybe the same, probably the following same evening, evening, we were... Uh, we were at a dance, and uh, he came up to ask me to dance. I was like, Garland. And he was like, oh, you remembered my name. I'm like, well, how would I forget your name? Um, it's a unique one, brother. It's Most people didn't remember it. Like yeah. it most people are like, ah, mm, <laughs> that guy. Yeah, okay. they just hadn't heard it before, so it's Christmas. not easy to remember. <laughs> yeah. She was probably the first person I remember just like latching onto it. Second time I saw her, she remembered it. And I was yeah. I was impressed by that. Yeah, it makes an impression. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Whenever someone calls you by name, like, you remember. It's like, it's like <laughs> you care about me. Kind of. I get it. And so we, uh, that night, we invited a bunch of the boys. We, our cabin, invited a bunch of the boys from his cabin Shame over for you. the evening. Oh, I my know. goodness. Scandalous. Scandalous. It, it was. Uh, it was scandalous. But the sad part was that Garland didn't come. So they, God, I'm I like, where's. I didn't get invited. I was like, where's that Garland guy? They're like, are you kidding me? He is snoring so loud right now. We left him there. And I was like, I was like, ha, ha, ha. And, you know, I thought it was funny. And then come to find out, like, a f- couple of years later when we met again and then uh, I was I was having a sleepover at his house and it was completely unscandalous. We were just friends. And and he yeah, started okay. snoring. I'm like, good God. In fact, I thought, he was, I thought he was kidding. So I was literally staring at his face like, is is that real? Is he really asleep? Oh my goodness! I thought it was like a joke. <laughs> yeah, and then no, he was actually snoring really loud. Oh, man, do you have like sleep apnea? Is that what it is? Uh, no, no, he just um, has snore apnea. Just a teddy yeah. bear. I, I, I actually went and did a sleep test at the hospital. Spent the night at the hospital. I didn't have any issues with it. So okay. you're just practicing your uh, opera at night. Oh, yeah. I tried to get it. Yeah. One of the tenors. It was deeper than that. Yeah. Oh, baritone <laughs> <laughs> and not rhythmic. But other than that, I love that. And then how how go forward from that sleep that non scandalous sleepover? Mm-hmm. Yeah, non scandalous sleepover. So we were just we I uh, as they call as the kids call it nowadays. I friend zoned him like Dang. right in the very oh, beginning. Garland, my man. Yeah, yeah, it was brutal. Yeah, yeah. but he played the long game. I he get did. It, but I he see did. that scar in his heart. Oh. <laughs> yeah, you see me. Yeah, see me. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> Gone, never forgotten. <laughs> he was he was also friend zoned by the love of his life. Ah. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. So so friend zoned until uh, we were nineteen. So we met at fifteen. Uh, you know, would see each other off and on. It's at activities, and then went um, to different high schools. We went to different high schools. So and this was still in Nevada, correct? Nevada, in yeah. Reno. Yeah. So then different high schools, but then like graduation. I was at this party on top of a hill, and everybody was. It was people from my school, and we were drinking. And um, <laughs> so we're at this party up there, and some guy was driving his Bronco too, like weirdly up and down all these hills. And I was like, I was like, who is that? Somebody's like, oh, you don't know him. He's from Reno High. I'm like, oh, okay. And then someone else is like, yeah, his name's Garland. I'm like, shut up. <laughs> of course I know him. So then, there's only one Garland in Reno. Yeah, yeah, probably, probably. <laughs> so I'm like, of course I know him. So then we we kind of just like hit off really then again and then we're just friend zoned again for a while until we were 19. Uh that's a funny story. So we we were he was telling me goodbye 
I was in the car. He leaned over to kiss me on the cheek. I turned into it to tell him something because, of course, I had a last thing to say, like, oh, by the way. And I turned, and then we ended up, like, mouth-to-mouth kissing. And then we both kind of just, like, uh, looked froze. at each other, like, froze. And then I was like, gotta go. Bye. Shut the door. <laughs> and then, <laughs> oh, uh, my God. <laughs> so then I'm, like, driving home, and I'm thinking to myself, it literally felt like on the Brady Bunch where they're like, fireworks. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, my God, what is that? He's my friend. Like, what was that? Like, why did I just have all these, like, ah. So then I, like, I had his sweatshirts, and I slept with a sweatshirt. It smelled like his Fahrenheit cologne. And so then I was all like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I'm having feelings for him. Like, what are the chance? He's been my friend. What if I ruin this friendship? What if he doesn't, you know, and there's a whole, like, up with myself all night. So then the next day when he called me, I was like, um, he, he says, so about that kiss. And I'm like, here's the part where he's like, you know, that was the worst ever. And he, and, and that's what I was expecting in my mind. He was like, I would like to explore that and see. And I was like, my man. Yeah. My man. He was like, I'd like to see where that goes. My Go, man. So Respect. look at him. He's turning a little red. It's okay. That's the shirt. <laughs> it's yeah. the shirt. Yeah. <laughs> so then, so then after that, it was like, yeah, it was game on. So, and game then we got on. married, uh, when we were uh, two weeks after my 21st birthday. So he had turned 21 in March. I took him to California for his birthday. We just had this great, like, like once we already knew each other, knew everything about each other, had been friends, knew what we wanted in relationships. So it was like natural. It was a natural progression. Because yeah, really we were cool. friends. We were actually dating other people. And mm. we'd We saw that share. those other people were not the business. So you're like, yeah, just going to. We'd share in stories about Things our relationships like with each other. Like. Hmm. So. so it kind of molded in a way. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Uh, how many kids do you guys have? We have four together. That's awesome. That's yeah. beautiful. Um, they still at the house or they all moved on? Just one, uh, the baby, Brooklyn, is left at home. She is 17. And then we have uh, our son's away at college. And then we have the married daughter. And then our daughter, Sadie, is the oldest. That's so. awesome. That's Sadie, awesome. who you met downstairs in the coffee oh, shop. Yeah, yeah she, she makes awesome stuff. She just, so on my dirty chai latte, she yeah. put a little seahorse. The latte art. That's I took a really picture. Cool. It's really cute. I want to see it after you're done this. Okay. I want to see that. Yeah, she's a sweetheart. She yeah. was nothing but yeah. positive energy. And all, but your whole staff was when I walked in this morning. I like the vibe here. Yeah, I think we're pretty fortunate. We're, yeah. we're definitely fortunate. We got some good souls and yeah, good you people do. to but associate you, you, with. But you started a good place to bring that energy here. So let's go there about the King's Peak, Garland. I want to know where your idea is from having a family, becoming interested in coffee. Why, why coffee? Why King's Peak? Where the name come from? Um, so initially, like I started drinking coffee late. We were, we were raised LDS. Um, so I didn't drink coffee my whole life at all. It wasn't even part of my you know daily routine ever. Um, I, I got a desk job at one point and started drinking coffee to stay awake. Um, and coffee at work was always just. You started drinking coffee instead of like uh, Cokes or anything? Yep. Mm. Yep. Um, and I drank sodas, you know for a few years before that, but, um, I stopped drinking sodas just cause it was so terrible for me. So, um, I started drinking coffee at work and the work coffee was terrible. Um, which is what I thought all coffee was. I just thought all coffee would taste the same. I thought it all had a very distinct taste of coffee. You know, it's like, I don't know how to describe that. Just, a um, Bitter, burnt. I was going to say like bitter, yeah, burnt. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't anything I could ever drink black. So, so you didn't um, drink it black first time. Never. Um, I tried it, but then it was more cream and sugar than anything else. To the point that I would only drink it with 
like hazelnut creamer. Like it would just oh, be for sure. a bunch of hazelnut creamer and a little bit of coffee, you know? Um, <laughs> Sugar bomb. We would, yeah. even, we would even go to like restaurants and I would bring my own creamer with me. Oh my gosh. Um, specifically hazelnut? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Specifically. Um, so then I had a friend that introduced me to, um, he gave me some, some Ethiopia Yerga chef um, from Cafe Ibis. Uh, our friend Brandon up there had roasted it, which I didn't know at the time, but um, when I, when I made it, it was phenomenal. Like it was, it was, it had blueberry notes in it, like that I could actually taste. I could actually smell. Um, I had, it wasn't bitter. I had no idea that coffee had so much possibility, I guess. I just, I literally thought it was always the same. So, so you said you made it. Boy, it's been long enough ago. Uh, I don't even remember how we brewed it. Um, he might've made it for me even. Um, but once I had it, a cup of black coffee with nothing in it, no added anything. I was shocked that it was so amazing. So yeah, the complexity of it was more than just hazelnut and right, you know, roasted undercarriage or something. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. No charcoal. No charcoal. Um, so I started going to a lot of different coffee shops and I'd get pour overs all the time. And um, those are kind of hard to find. There's not a ton of places that do pour overs uh, here anyway. Um, there are a few really nice ones, but um, every time we travel, every time we'd go out of town, I was I was searching out a nice coffee roaster that had, you know, some some really nice coffees and just kind of diving into it. And uh, Brandy, how did you like? Did you drink coffee before, or just did Garland bring you into the coffee game? No, I was uh, so um, in my family. My dad drank coffee. He worked in coffee for several years. He worked for Farmer Brothers Coffee. So um, I always had coffee in the house. So I would drink um, coffee. Same thing. I never drank a black. I mean, you would have to be pretty hardcore to drink Farmer Brothers Black. But um, so I would drink that with, and we never had, well, did they even have flavored creamers back then? I don't remember. But we never had anything. (laughs) It was a long time ago. Way back in the day. And uh, (laughs) so we just would put like a little bit of milk and sugar. But yeah, I drank coffee. And then I worked you know, once I started working for airline when I was 19, it's like our hours are ridiculous. Like insane. Yeah. How did you do that? I know. I, can't, I think back on it because my shift for probably the last 10 years I was at the airlines was a 4 a.m. start. So, um, ew. Yeah. Yeah. So I had been, so I had been a coffee drinker. So I liked coffee. I actually in 2000, 2004 was my first trip to Costa Rica with a group of friends, and uh, I got coffee there. And I was like, azúcar, you know, leche, you know, yeah. asking for it. And they, the lady just like looked at me like, no, no. like drink it. Don't, yeah, it's drink over. it. Yeah. yeah. How dare you? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're in the motherland. <laughs> I know. Put it in your face hole. Yeah. Fine. You stupid American. So I... <laughs> I took a sip of it and I remember I was like, is this even coffee? What is this? So I had the like wake up to that prior to him um, to where I was just like, I can't believe I'm drinking this black. And then it was like every morning I was there, I was like coffee, beans and rice for breakfast. Costa Rica is my, it should be my homeland. It's where I would like to be. But so yeah, drinking that and eating beans and rice for breakfast, it was like the perfect place for me. And so then when I, I brought coffee home with me and I was trying to tell him that, you won't believe this, coffee like tastes like so many different things. And, and so so that was kind of my, where I was drinking. I 
drank what I brought home, but then I ran out of what I brought home and it never dawned on me that I could just like look for that, seek that out. So then I just went back to like the American coffee and I would take some of his creamer, not as much, but, and then, (laughs) (laughs) so that was where I was on coffee. So you had a Garland moment in Costa Rica. Oh my God. Yes. I'm going to sleep with the beans. Smells like the perfume Fahrenheit, all Mm -hmm. the stuff. (laughs) And, and you're on the beach, and it's beautiful, and there's palms. I love there's, that. Yeah, the Garland moment. You had two Garland moments two in your Garland life. Moments. Yes. <laughs> so then, when that coffee came back, going, do you remember that that coffee she brought back from Costa Rica? Uh, I don't actually. Mm. Um, I don't even think we. I don't think we had a coffee maker. Like we we had a little red one. I I it was still just mainly me drinking coffee because I was the one oh, getting gotcha. up early. He still was, And at that point I don't think I was even drinking coffee at work. Like it wasn't yeah. even in my like in your routine. You yeah. might have still been doing the horrible Mountain Dew thing. Possibly. Yeah. Possibly. So then I like that. So then you found love with coffee, then you found love with coffee. So then did you go down that rabbit hole? Yeah, as soon as I as soon as I had that experience, I I literally dove right in. So but, take us down that rabbit hole, and you got that blueberryed one. Blue, um, no, it's a blueberry. Excuse me. Yeah. What happened with that? Um, I just I just became enthralled with it, and I spent all my time researching how it was even possible. How how is it possible for something that was not flavored to have those kind of flavors in it? Um, he started buying a lot. And then coffee. I started searching out all these different coffees, like to see, you know, all these different regions and different countries and um, varietals and trying to figure out what I liked and what I didn't and, and why they were all different um, to the point that I bought a little tiny home roaster. Oh, uh, really? A Baymore, um, which, which Baymore is a, it almost looks like a um, toaster, oven. toaster oven, you know, okay. you can, you can use it indoors, although it does create. Decent of amount smoke. of smoke when it's when it's roasting. Um, <laughs> I bet you found that out the fun way, right? Yeah, <laughs> just um, fumigating while roasting. Right? It's fine. It smells but, great. But Baymore's um, they were designed specifically for uh, producers to give them the ability to roast their own coffee because there's so many producers that you know grow this coffee and might not ever get a chance to try it at least at at a certain point in time. Um, they were they were doing all this work and then shipping it away, you know. Mm. Um, so they so someone created this this um, tiny home roaster that was a good price, you know. They're like three hundred bucks, three hundred fifty bucks. You can get them on Home um, Depot. Ooh, you can get them just about anywhere, really. I mean, they've got a little drum roaster; it just spins. Um, and and once I did that, like then I started buying green coffee from off of Etsy or, you know, there's lots of places you can get small amounts of green coffee. Um, every roast was under a pound, you know, every roast was pretty small. Um, and you mess up a whole bunch of them. I was going to say, and not really great. <laughs> yeah. You mess up a ton of them along the way. But, um, I started just buying coffee from all these different regions and, um, the more I did it, the more research I did on it, there's all sorts of things you can do with the Baymore that you might not recognize as you start, but, um, it became really, really pretty passionate about it. Interesting. There's so much about coffee I didn't know going into it, and not just the flavors, but um, we take it for granted. Like, like mm. the whole production side of coffee, it's just insane that you can have that many people touch it and that much work goes into it. You know, by the time I get a cup of coffee here, it could have gone through like twenty some odd people hands you know 27 people have 
been involved with that from growing it to it showing up in my door and I can go into a store and, you know, for two fifty I can have a cup of coffee that had that much work and effort put into it. You know? Damn. Yeah. So, I, I've never thought of it that way, actually. I've never thought about the love and attention and care that's being put into from growing to serving. Right. Yeah. It literally, like once I started really diving into some of that, it became even more mind blowing that, that, you know, it's a second largest um, commodity. commodity in the world, you know, behind oil. And it's just, just insane. Kind of, Fascinating. Yeah, and now yeah. we're all spoiled. We're like, oh, now I have to just dr- do a drive-through and just go get my coffee. Yeah, and it's like, do you know how much work went into all of that? I don't because I feel like, I mean, if I said the word Starbucks, you guys roll your eyes. And- <laughs> I, I don't actually. Yeah. Um, I think that Starbucks like opened the the world up to, or or our world specifically up to, um, coffee. Like like prior to stuff- that, it was like. You know, Folgers, right? A lot of instant yeah. coffee. That's what my mom know. drank. Yeah, <laughs> there's there's some crazy number. I can't remember what it is, but the the number of people that drink instant coffee in the world is massive. Like mm-hmm. it's a oh, it's yeah, a it's huge easy. percentage. Readily available. It's easier. Yeah, I think. It's, yeah, it's massive. You know, um, so that was kind of interesting to me too. That there's so many people that actually drink instant coffee. Yeah. Um, so you saw the production. You saw how it's supposed to happen. So why start a business? What, what, I mean, that's that wasn't your job originally. That wasn't like you didn't grow up. Oh, I'm going to be a you know. No, I um, I'm actually an electrician by trade. Um, I was working for a company doing um, big water filtration systems, um, drinking water, uh, wastewater. We did all sorts of stuff, but on a massive scale. Um, so I was doing the um, electrical side of that. I would build the enclosures. And all the control panels, and then I'd install them on the pa- on the skids, and wire all of those components into that, so that you know they could read the pH and all these different you know flow rates and all these things on these systems. Um, I had a chance to move into another job from there, designing the stuff that I was building. Um, that's kind of cool. Which is which is when I was sitting at a desk, and that's when I really started drinking coffee, you know, because I was falling asleep sitting at my desk. <laughs> it's boring. Um, I also gained all sorts of weight sitting at a desk, but, but we won't talk about that. <laughs> That's um, all we don't talk about. <laughs> yeah. We can cut that out later. Um, <laughs> no. um, so I – where was I going with that? I don't remember. Uh, you're, you're now designing the oh, stuff so, you installed. So I'm designing this stuff. I, I spent, um, I don't know, five years doing that probably – before our company was purchased by a French company and uh, our manufacturing facility in Salt Lake was opted to be shut down. So, so they closed our manufacturing facility in town. Um, I got laid off at that point, um, wanted to find something different. You know, I, I liked what I did. I enjoyed what I did, but I kind of wanted to do something different. Mm. Um, so I asked him like, what do you want to do when you grow up? What are you, what are you passionate about? Because yeah. we had just been doing... I mean, obviously, I was airline because that's what I've been doing for so many years. But I was like, what do you want to do? Like, what can you be passionate about? Yeah, and I started looking for sales jobs and just anything different. Um, ended up like the company that I used to work for still needed the work done. They were just you doing it in a different place, basically. They moved to a smaller shop here in town because they still had a... Um, service department um so they're still here and they still need this work done just not on the same scale much smaller smaller scale okay um 
they reached out to me and said, hey, do you want to, you know, be a temp, go to a temp agency and we'll use your work. You <laughs> know, we'll use like, your design work. You can do still do stuff for us. And I said, that didn't make any sense to me to go work for a temp agency. And I started looking into how I could do it for myself. So I dove into that, opened my own business. Um, oh, cool. So, so I was doing contract work for them at that oh, point. Oh, nice. But I learned at that point how to set up a business, how to, ah. um, you know, just how it all works, the inner workings, how easy it was to really start a business. Um, and so that, that kind of got my mind thinking about what I wanted to do down Back the to road. the question. Back to passion. Being passionate. Right. Yeah. Um, I really just had kind of jumped from job to job. Um, I never wanted to be an electrician. My dad was an electrician growing up. Um, and I never wanted to be an electrician. I saw how hard he worked and, and it seemed like he was always struggling and, um, it's a lot of work, you know, and somehow along the way I chose to be an electrician, um, <laughs> working with my dad, the two of us had a business together. Um, so, so ultimately I enjoyed what I do. I think I'm really good at it. Um, there is a sense of accomplishment when you're done with a job electrically wise, um, which I really like, but I wasn't passionate about it. There was no mm. passion to it. There was no, you know, none of that. It was all lacking, you know? Was this still all in Reno? This was here. Oh, like that was here now. We've been here for... Yeah, we came here in 90... 20... August 1st, 96 was my first day at Salt Lake Airport. Oh, nice. wow. Um, so that was... Sadie was six months old, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've, we've been here for quite a while. Good amount of time. Um, yeah. So then what, at what point do you just kind of take that, I'm doing a business for me? And you're, you're, Coffee. Why coffee? Yeah, and that was, that was that... Along those same lines, I was... I just, I just, the more I dug into it, the more I dug into the, um, what goes into it and, um, the practices, the farming practices and how you get all these amazing flavors out of these coffees. And, um, I just started to get more and more passionate about it. And I had been roasting at home for quite some time to the point that I ended up buying, um, I don't know, a year later or more, I bought, I bought a bigger roaster that I was going to roast in my garage, um, a two and a half kilo machine that was a drum roaster. So that's, that's just for yourself, just for myself. Nice. That was a five that does two and a half kilos translates to around five pounds. Um, I was going to do it in my garage. I have, a, I have a shop behind my house. So the thought was you hear all these stories forever about, Oh, we started our business in our garage. You yep. know, we sold at farmer's markets. We blah, blah, blah. Well, that's not really legal. Most of it, <laughs> unless you're, taking a lot of steps along the way to make that happen. Um, but there are plenty of people that started that way. And there's still people today that I see popping up doing that. Um, but there's so many regulations. It is a food product. So it is regulated by, um, department of ag, Yeah, department of agriculture. You still have to have, uh, three compartment sink. You still have to have hand washing sinks. You still have to have, you know, dedicated spaces. Yeah. (laughs) Non-porous. I know. Um, if you, if you, want to do it at home you can get a cottage license but a cottage license requires mm. you to have a dedicated space with all these things in it that um you know we have two dogs at home um so we're gonna get rid of them just kidding <gasps> i know no gasp my heart is i'm like well, can i have the dogs <laughs> never it was oh. never an option i uh you know i could have built it out and done something more like that um I couldn't sell. That was another thing. I wanted to do online sales. Like I really was in, intrigued by 
um, some scription services, and I was ordering coffee from all over the country. Um, so I liked that idea. And then the more we dug into it, the more we found out you can't have a cottage license and sell outside of the state of Utah. Um, you also can't sell at the main downtown farmer's market. They won't allow it with a cottage license. Um, so you're so, kind of shooting yourself in the foot at that point. So there's, so like there's, there's these. We had a go big or go home moment where right. it was like, oh damn, do we want to, do we go all in or do we not? And then it was, it was just like, all right, we just go all in. I mean, that just. I, I had plenty. Of, we, I was roasting on that small machine for, I don't know, maybe a year or more um, just for friends and stuff and. For different packaging, buying for ourselves or roasting for ourselves. Um, and then we just decided we either get a commercial space. We're trying to decide, do we get a commercial space? It's just a warehouse that we can roast out of. Um, I don't know that that makes any sense unless you have a, an audience to sell to. Right. Because nobody knows who you are. You know, it's yeah. like, nobody knows at all who you are, where you came from. Are you roasting on a popcorn popper in your back room? You know, um, and we wanted. A, a community type space. We're like, what's the point of delving into coffee if you can't have a coffee community? You know, people aren't going like to come that. to the warehouse. So it's yeah. pretty similar to like the brewing community. Yeah, it seems like, like it. It you guys have sense. that same mindset. Yeah, really. I I I love craft beer. Like I um I just I don't have a he drinking problem. Beer. I have a buying problem. Like I'll always. <laughs> I go out and buy all these bottles of this nice, um, you know, limited edition craft beers that I see, uh, the Big Bad Baptist being one. Mm. I was going to uh, say, you years. Guys, yeah, you've done some collaborations in town as well, which yeah. is pretty awesome. Yeah. So if I had the money, I probably would have um, pushed into like, you know, opening some kind of a brewery. I would, I think it's awesome. Oh, okay. I'm not a home brewer. I have home brewed with some friends before plenty of times and um, enjoyed it, but I, I never dove into it myself. Um but yeah, uh, coffee and and in the my community. opinion, breweries very similar. Um, I'm getting the same sense, the same vibe. Yeah, like like we we, I've always had the desire to have some kind of community space, whether it be um, a breakfast joint, a restaurant, a. Um, brewery you know a bar i don't know if a bar is quite what i'm into i don't yeah. i don't but but i do think tap houses and breweries are cool because you you got a different vibe i think a bar sometimes is a little rowdy. over the top depending on i like that word rowdy yeah. <laughs> rowdy's a good way to put that <laughs> um so yeah the idea of a coffee shop and um, embedding yourself in the community um, i'm a very much a people person i love to be around people so he calls it networking when he us. She's a little bitter about it, I think, because <laughs> usually she's working while I'm, I'm you know, quote the, unquote, networking. Yeah, I'm in the back, like doing all the stuff. I'm like, what have you been doing? He's like, that's called networking. It's called networking. Just I'm just drinking Holly all the coffee. Holly is rolling beer. her eyes because we're the same. It's <laughs> oh my God, that's right. You network a lot. Yeah, I network way too yeah. much. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it turns networkers. into like, you know, the ability to meet people, the ability right. to um, embed yourself in the community and. Um, you know, meet great people like Carlos, um, Fred, we've got some great zip. We've got some great people that work for us and, um, we only know those people because of this. So, yeah. so how'd you come across this location? <laughs> we had, well, we had been searching online 
kind of and this location we saw it actually several times online and we're just like steering clear of it because of the it's it's not an easy location to get to and i remember i would see the pictures of it and i'd be like wait you need to look at this he's like i've already told you that's the one that's in a weird location yeah so i'm like oh okay 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 What's, what's funny about the ad is the guy that was that owns the building, the ad specifically said, looking for a coffee roaster, coffee shop, coffee oh, really? roaster, which, mm-hmm. which I thought was, how weird is that? Like, what a weird thing to be looking for, you know? Um, so I avoided it completely, like the plague, because I knew exactly where it was. As cool as the building is, um, originally when we first looked at it, this this whole area we're in right now was boarded up. Um, didn't even have windows in it. Oh, um, mm-hmm. it was. It looked abandoned. You know. Oh, like that's not they a good were, place for a coffee shop. That's what we were thinking. Or it yeah. was a great place for a coffee shop. <laughs> or it was a great place. Our windows were boarded up. Our front door had a piece of wood in it. Like it was. Oh wow. It was. Um, there was some of the artists were still in the building and um, or, or had moved into the building. Some of those art spaces, uh, studios that are here, and uh, Saltgrass Printmakers, who is also in the building, they were the first ones to move in. Mm. So they had that section of the building. Um, and it was finished, but our section was completely not finished. Not finished. So, so we, as we were looking at different spaces, we got a realtor that's driving us around. We look at a couple of places, and she ends up um, saying, "Hey, I found another space. Let's go look at it. Just follow me." So we get in the car, follow her over. This is where we end. As soon as we oh, go no over way. the bridge, he's like, "Oh no, I'm you're like, like we're I'm going like, to the place oh, where we don't want to be." Yeah, I'm like, "Oh man, this sucks." <laughs> So we get here, they open the door, we come inside and realize just how cool the space was, how cool the building was in person, mm. um, the character it had. So you had a Garland moment. Another moment yeah. where I'm like, wow, this this is cool. Like you can create something really cool in this space. So, um, you know, the price was good. The, the vision for me was good. Brandy has a hard time visualizing things. Um, I was still like, there's holes in the floor. He's like, they're going to fix that. There's holes in the ceiling. They're going to fix that. Well, like, because okay. you came from like the construction side, you're like, I know what in like a blank canvas looks like. Yeah, so we I, got this. I actually, um, when I was in school out of, when I went to college for the short period of time I did, year and a half, two years, whatever it was, um, I wanted to be an architecture major. So I do have a, I think I have a good eye for for stuff like that. I can visualize yeah. things like that. Um, so when we got into the space, we we finally decided it was, it made sense, you know. Financially, we thought it made sense. It was a good opportunity. We had the opportunity to do a build-out ourselves. Um, didn't have to hire a contractor, um, which was huge because we didn't have that kind of money. Um, so we, we did submit plans, you know, to... The city, we got everything approved, and then we um, did the build out ourselves. Everything pretty much. I love it. Um, what's, what's that downstairs? Is it like a safe elevator kind of thing? It's a vault. It's a big a vault. vault. Yeah. Um, so FFK Architects is in the building to the west of us. It's a big L-shaped building, but okay. that was at one point its own building, freestanding. Um, the building on the corner to the north of us was the first building built in 1902. Oh, wow. Um, by a steel foundry company. It was a steel foundry. Damn. 1903, they built the FFK Architects portion of the building. 1904, they built our portion of the building. And we weren't around, but... And then sometime, <laughs> You might have been. You're so old. 
she feels that way sometimes <laughs> in um, the morning. And then and then they've tied them all together at some point along the way. So um, the vault was it's just a massive vault that we assume they stored books in. I was like body national treasure. Oh yeah. damn, Diaz. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like they may have like probably did like maybe precious metals if they were a foundry. You'd mm-hmm. want to keep those locked up, especially in the early 1900s, when and and it was adjacent to the railroad tracks. So they had like a big crane that would take the stuff mm-hmm. off the rail. This is very cool. It was a very cool building with a lot of history. So and cool. then the vault was just like I like that cool touch. Space. It. Yeah, it's cool. And you well, guys find the building. There's actually still part of the crane and some of that um, equipment is still sitting back there on the ground, which is kind of cool. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, we'll go uh, check that out. And I if you go in the vault, if you look on the wall, as soon as you go in, there's like pencil, hand handwritten pencil marks. I didn't of, notice that. Of you never would. Nobody would. Okay, so we're gonna um, go look at that after. <laughs> yeah, after this. Yeah. Of of just like little notes that people have written on the wall, and I assume it's accounts. You know, and oh. who don't know when they were written. Who knows? Um, you got to figure in 1904. Your books, Didn't no, have nothing books. was, you know, <laughs> computerized. So your books are, like, if some people owed you money, they're all in those books. Yeah. So everything that people owed you was in those. So if those books disappeared, you might be up Lots the creek, you know? Yeah. So so last yeah. question for you guys before we go to a break. I want to know where did King's Peak come from? Why that name? Why not, like, you know, Salt Lake Garland's City Brew or, you know. <laughs> so we, um, initially this was my... Um, vision i guess and i one of the biggest reasons we live here is because of the outdoors we absolutely love it we love camping mountain biking hiking fishing Um, yeah we just we just love being close to the outdoors as close as we are in this city we're so fortunate that everything's within you know half an hour um so king's peak is the highest point in utah um, which a lot of people don't even know. Um, I just I, I was just searching for something that resonated with the outdoors, something that, um, you know, really ultimately we wanted to market towards the outdoors and be part of that outdoor market. Um, sometimes it's hard to start a business and run a business and still find time to, to do that marketing and, and lead things that direction. But, um, yeah, we just wanted to be associated with, with something specific to Utah, um, you know, this is our home and we love it here. So, um, had to be something specific to Utah and something very specific to the outdoors. That's beautiful. I love so, that. I do that. like the, the artwork, like the logo artwork. It's the peaks, but it also looks like a crown. Yeah. That's really cool. That's Who came dope. up with that? Do I, can I ask that question? Um, we had, we had a friend helping us, um, design the logo. So we, we went back and forth with different renditions, um, and it, over the course of a few months, that's just kind of how it all worked out. Um, I love it. There's actually a picture of King's Peak. Um, and if you look at that picture, there was snow on the mountain in certain areas. And that's actually pretty close to how it looked. You know, That's awesome. That's so, really cool. If you saw them side by side, you'd go, oh, now it makes sense. Now we got to go do that and well, look at the we vault. Gotta, yeah, now we got to take it and <laughs> do look. Right. <laughs> we have a list of things that we need to accomplish today. Absolutely. But on that note, my friends, we're going to take a quick break, refuel, because sure. I can't wait to try some of this uh, barrel date stuff. Yeah. Does that sound good? Yeah. That's great. Okay, we'll be right back. Awesome. Shout out to our newest sponsor, I Am Bar Holistic Healing. As a family, we here as Taste Master team want to advocate self-care and wellness. Life is a beautiful journey and can have many stresses along the way. 
I Am Bar Healing is a wellness studio focused on integrated holistic health, wellness, and healing. They are here to offer modalities, tools, technologies, techniques, and support in all areas of healing that are unique to you, both individually in private one-on-one settings and collectively in group settings. Deep healing is a journey of education, empowerment, and owning one's responsibility for personal health. Healing techniques such as yoga, reiki, sound bath, educational seminars, massage, breathwork, and so much more. Iambar Holistic Healing is a one-stop shop for all things healing, health, and wellness, ranging from esoteric energy work to allopathic medicines. Check them all out on social media platforms or online at eambar.co for all updated events. I personally choose Iambar for all my breathwork sessions. I tell you this, it's changed my life. Investing in yourself is priceless. Become your higher selves, my friends. Outlaw Distillery's coffee rum is back in stock. Outlaw makes some of the best rums in the game. Don't believe us? Head on over to Outlaw Distillery located at 552nd West, 8360 South Midvale, Utah for a tour and tasting. Their staff is well trained and leads with full passion. With homegrown grain to glass, Outlaw Distillery carries some of our favorite weekday sippers like vanilla bean rum, spiced rum, honey bourbon, and that delicious bourbon whiskey. Trust us when we say it should be outlawed. It's so good. Yeah. Until the next spirits, my friends. We're back. I love it. So I got to ask this question, Garland. Where did your name come from? First and last, because your last name, Ledbetter? Yeah. It's really cool. I got to know the history behind this. I have to. I don't know that I can answer that even. Um, So my name particularly uh, was my dad's name, and it was my grandpa's name, Mm. and it's our son's name. Um, All all of us have different middle names, so we're not technically a one, two, three, or a junior. Um, But my, my grandpa was Garland Garfield. My dad's Garland Rowe. Uh, I'm Garland William, and my son is Garland uh, Corbin. They're all like judicial, like strong names. Yeah, no, I like it. It's really are you, popular. Are you mad that your David? Isn't that something cool? Um, my name is sexy. Is it David though? or in Hijole. Italian Davide? Davide. 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 <laughs> like with your hands. <laughs> it doesn't work on a podcast. No, <laughs> I can um, feel it though. Yeah, you can hear the hands. <laughs> yes. So that that name is very common, actually. When I say very common, it's more common if you get down in the south. Um, a lot of my dad's family was from um, Louisiana, Arkansas, Texas. Um, Great food. Yeah. Um, so it's like if, even if you go down, we've got some friends that moved to Little Rock, Arkansas. Um, and it was kind of surprising when we got down there. University of um, Little Rock, there was, there was like rooms that were named – you know, led better, and there was rooms that were named, you know, even Garland. Garland. Like there was different. It was a Garland governor, a governor that's first name was Garland. So. So that, and my and my actually my grandpa was born in North Little Rock, so um, it was kind of funny. Like I'd never been there before. Our friends moved there, and then I ended up going and um, kind of learning some of my you know immediate history there from my dad's side. I like that. Um, that's really cool. The name Ledbetter, if I remember correctly, it, it German. Um, my dad did tons of genealogy and has it all written somewhere, but I've never paid that much attention. Mm. But I think it was uh, German heritage originally. Um, it's my mom's side that was um, Scottish, Irish, 
Um, she was born and raised in England. Um, That's cool. Yeah. Didn't know that. That's really cool. Yeah. Did you know that, Diaz? I did not. Boom. I'm learning so much. Right? Knowledge is power. His mum. <laughs> Knowledge is power. Me mum, right. His mum. So, Garland, you poured us some of your products right here. So, what did you pour us in front of us? I'd like to know. Because um, it's something I lifted an eyebrow at. Yeah, so hmm. um, typically instant coffee, as we were talking about before, has got kind of a negative connotation to it. But so many people drink it. Yeah. Um, we only deal with specialty coffee. Specialty coffee is coffee is graded. It's got a grade uh, system um, based on flavors and and um, defects defects in it. And there's so much that goes into grading coffee, but we we typically only buy coffee that's specialty grade, or we that's all we that's buy. All we buy. Um, but that that's from the point system. It's eighty and above. Gotcha. So out of a hundred, um, then yeah, yeah, and I don't. I couldn't even answer if there are coffees that are even scored at 100. I don't know that I've ever seen one mm. scored that high. Um, maybe Costa Rica? Maybe. 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 A, a geisha, maybe. Um, so we we came across this company. Um, well, it's been probably two years ago that we started looking into them. There were some other specialty coffee roasters in the country that were uh, partnering up with these guys. And these guys would take our coffee – and uh, create it into an instant product, put it in um, instant packaging and, you know, individual single serve um, packets. So we sent coffees off. This had to have been early 2020 maybe. Um, and we were just trying to figure out if if it worked, if we could make it work. Financially, it was, a, you know, you got to put some money out. Um, you have to be able to sell it, obviously. Um, so 2020 was kind of rough. Everything was financially kind of up in the air. Um, we didn't get around to it. We just got these in like last week. Oh, wow. Um, oh, wow. So it's, so it's been like a two year process trying to, you know, figure out the finances behind it and decide which coffees we wanted to go with. Um, and these are the two we settled on for now. We'll probably do more later. Um, we have a Mount Olympus blend. And then the bourbon barrel aged. Ooh. Yeah. I want the bourbon. Um, we, I took a chance with that one. That you know, the bourbon is the closest thing. The barrel aged coffee is the closest thing we have to a flavored coffee. You know, it's like uh, we don't we don't do any flavored coffees typically. No, no French oh. vanillas. No. How have you not done a hazelnut coffee? No hazelnut. I know. Since you're like obsessed with I it. I know. It sounds amazing <laughs> that I haven't, but um, it, I just pushed against it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, this is the closest thing to flavored uh, coffee. Um, I took a chance with it. The bourbon barrel-aged coffee is great. People love it. We've been doing it since we opened pretty much. Um, That's the rye whiskey one. Yeah, and uh, James over at over at Sugarhouse Distillery has always been um, such a great guy, such a great uh, help with business stuff, with um, just being able to sit on chat with him. He's very real and very authentic. So um, he's helped us along the way with some different barrels we've yeah. tried different things um started with the bourbon um and and really it, it turned out great like we we really took a took a chance on it i'd never done it before i couldn't find a whole lot of information on it um our friends up at daily rise um they had done a couple of these before um they do it a slightly different than we do it um but they there's a there was a few companies around the country that were doing it um one being Modern West, uh, not Modern West, um, 
Modern Times. Modern Times. Out of They're San also, Diego. also a brewery. Modern but Family. They, <laughs> they, <laughs> yeah. We're at Modern West uh, Art Gallery, so that's where that came in. But uh, Modern Times does a brewery and they do coffee yeah. as well. So um, they do some barrel aged stuff that I'd always really liked. And that's kind of what led me into. I totally um, forgot that they did coffee. So, oh, yeah. yeah. So that was another one of those like, ah, they're so good together. Like, it'd be so nice to have. He makes me look at pictures of it and say, see, he's like, look at this. (laughs) If we just, I don't know, had a couple million dollars, this is what I would do. (laughs) So we, so we, when we started doing the bourbon barrel stuff, everybody loved it. It, it tastes so much like bourbon. Um, You'd be surprised that it doesn't have bourbon in it. It smells like bourbon. Oh yeah. This is the one you gave me earlier to smell. I'm like, oh yeah. Yeah. And, (laughs) and we do some cold brew with it in the summer. Um, with some cold foam milk on it that just is very creamy. So so when we we had some samples made of uh, these, that people loved that so much that I thought it would be a good option. Um, samples came back and they they really the flavor of the bourbon kind of covers up a little bit of the instant um, flavor flavor that's you know common. So, What's that instant flavor you're Freeze-dried kind of. Freeze-dried. Freezy. The the other thing we liked about that, the thought with that process too, is, you know, you grab these to take on a hike or camping, something like that when you're in the outdoors. There it is. And then you have your flask of bourbon that you were going to put in your coffee anyways. So now it's Irish. Yeah. So do it. Do it. So then you've got that little, like, we hiked, we stopped for a break, we just made ourselves a really delicious, warm, hot coffee, and then we add a little nip of something and- it's like perfect. Just, I really just enjoy that nip. one. Yeah. Is that as a, as a non coffee drinker, you're hilarious over there. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to ask D as a question, can't even hold it. <laughs> um, so as a non coffee drinker, you had the the barrel aged. I did, yeah. The, the nose on it is beautiful. Mm. It smells really good, and it's not as bitter as I thought that it would be without adding like creamer or something sweet to it. I love sugar. Weird, um, but yeah, that's really good. Yeah, that's a well done. I dig it. I don't. Not that I don't like instant coffee, but I don't think to go for instant coffee. I would definitely take that. So the other one is the Mount Olympus, which is our medium blend, um, and I I think it translates well too. I think it's I think it's a good option, uh, specifically for traveling and camping and plane rides, skiing, yeah, literally plane coffee, plane rides, coffee. Yeah, you get the you coffee out of hot water and then you just get do hot your water. own yep. stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. I do that with tea all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I like this a lot. Once you said plain coffee. Wait, now I have to try that one. <laughs> See, now. I'm never ordering coffee. No on one to tell day. my mother that I'm drinking coffee. She's going to not believe you. She tried to get me to drink coffee. I was like 16, though. I was and like, she, she's already and disappointed in you. Yeah, you're not wrong. Yeah, but she used to try to get me to drink coffee all the time. And I, I tried it and I was just like, oh, I can't. And so I just never picked it back up. But I love tea. So this so is much. one of those moments where she's proud of you. Like she's going to be proud a when she's moments. A garland moment. A garland. Literally I'm that. Garland moments. She's like, look, she is drinking coffee. I'm so yeah. proud of her. And we're getting she's photos all of it grown right up. now. <laughs> all grown up. This is really cool. So oh. do you have, right? Tell me about it, Diaz. I want to oh. know your. Yeah, like not bitter at all. It doesn't punch me in the face. You know how I, whenever I drink an IPA, I'm like, ew. Yeah. This is like the opposite That's of that. the exact voice this you is like, too. Su- <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Same delivery. Uh, no, this is delicious. Yeah. 
I would totally drink Happy this. Like yeah, but it's, I didn't think about the versatility of bringing it on a plane or even traveling. You know, I could do this in the car sure. as long as you have hot water. Camping. Question for you. Could you do it with cold water? Yeah, yeah actually with this like instant, um, there's lots of people like it's very popular right now with like bikepacking. Um, bikepacking. And, 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 you know, these long treks that people are on, but they're taking this stuff with them and then throwing it in a water bottle with cold water, shaking it up, and then oh they don't have to wait for their water it's to heat up. It's adventure coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that. Some people Hashtag. have done it with milk. Like Sadie tried some with milk. Um, yeah, it just depends on your taste preferences, but but there are a lot of opportunities to try different things. You don't have to worry about it steeping um, like these, this other product here. Like a the, tea bag. The steeped coffee that we have yeah, as what well. Is, explain this one to us. Um, it's, it's our coffee. It's ground up, um, put into a tea bag, essentially nitro flushed and sealed. And you're, you're using it. There's instructions on the back of it. You're using it just like a tea bag. Um, you know, how, however long you let it steep. I just want to dunk. However many times you dunk it, you know, it's definitely got like a heavier mouthfeel, almost like a French press. If you like a French press, this is. Yes, please. This is (laughs) right in that same, you know. Ballpark. So you said nitro flushed? Yeah, so they flush it with nitro to give it uh, freshness to seal it, um, pushes all the oxygen out of it. Um, and then they have so a lot of So if we were to open life. this, it would just smell like. Go ahead, open it. Yeah. Okay. There's Uh-oh. there's hot water out there if you want to try one. Um, <laughs> oh my God. Why are you yelling at me? Because <laughs> you're so far away. <laughs> so these are great for traveling too. Also on a plane. You know, if you go out of the country, there's lots of times you don't. It's hard to find good coffee that I like, yeah. I guess, when I go out of the country. Um, they're just they're, – this is a easy way without having to bring a, a grinder and an AeroPress or – Yeah, which we uh, have done on which, which I do plenty of times, but <laughs> this just packs lighter, packs easier. Um, it smells so good. You can tell the difference though. Yeah. Because yeah, it's the same, sure. same blend. Same blend, same coffee. And what you're getting off of the instant is that freeze-dried smell. It's just a different... Way more fresh with a tea bag. It's just different. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, because it's all the flavors sealed in the bag. The the steeped bags are definitely more... um, They're definitely more authentic to the the actual product. So which one would you prefer if you were to choose? If I had to choose, I I prefer the steeped one. Just, Just because it tastes more authentic to what yeah. to what that coffee is. Um but if I'm fishing or camping or you know, literally don't have a whole lot of space, the instant stuff is really perfect. Wow. So. This is really cool. So I want to go back to that collaboration you did with um Sugarhouse. Yeah. When was your first collaboration with Sugarhouse? Uh it was early on. It was probably the first year. Um mm-hmm. we opened in October of twenty eighteen is when we finally opened the doors here. Which happens to be the same exact, almost the same exact time as TF. Oh. Um, so we always felt like we were kind of, uh, you know, joint with them based on their their anniversary. Um, I love their products. I love I love what they brew over there. Have you worked with them at all? Uh, I haven't. Okay. Um, Where's Kevin at? He's a, a p- kind of, I don't even know if they've done a coffee. I haven't seen him do a coffee thing a up purist. to this point. Like, <laughs> like a- um, I don't. I don't know that he ever will. I don't know. I like I've chatted with him numerous times, but um, back onto Sugar House. It was probably uh, 2019. Um, I reached out to James, and he was just very willing to help and offer anything he could. So um, we've traded 
some of our finished product with them to sell on their shelves. Oh, cool. Um, and he's given us barrels. Yeah, you got plenty uh, of barrels downstairs. They have decor now. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Really cool. Yeah. And it's a good advertisement for them as well. So um, I love what they do. I think he does He does some beautiful bourbon and mm-hmm. beautiful whiskeys. So. And that was 2018, you said? Uh, no, it's 2019. Probably, probably 2019 by the time I got to it. Yeah. So, how many times have you done collaborations with him since? Um, we, it's something we have on the on our menu all the time. So um, we've probably initially, done ten bar- at least ten different. So barrels. it's a nice continuous collaboration then. Yeah, yeah. Um, initially, it was just going to be limited. We were just going to do very limited, and no, pe- keep that people going. liked it yeah. so much that we we then started changing it up a little bit. Um, we had done we'd also done a beer collaboration with uh, Bewilder. That's right, the um, El Guapo. El Guapo. Yeah. Which is Spanish for? David. <laughs> yes. Thank you, oh, it is. I thought that was sexy. I'm, oh, we're mixing it up. <laughs> oh, okay. I'll take it. Um, that collaboration we did with um, Bewilder, we used this barrel-aged coffee, um, and it was a Mexican lager with yep. a barrel-aged coffee in it. So you got some hints of bourbon in that. It's such that, a good beer. Beer. So, I think that's the first beer that I poured for you. Yeah, it was. Yeah, because that was our first, our first, Date. our meet cute. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, nice. Yeah, um, So yeah, that that turned out really good. That was um, where I was going with that was we Sugar House does their um, they do that special bourbon every year. Uh, the oh, boiler, boiler maker, maker. Mm-hmm. and and the boiler maker. One year was made with um, barrels that Bewilder had done a beer in, and then they brought it back and did bourbon in that barrel. I have that Again. bottle at home. Me too. Yeah, I'll try I should have brought that. it. Why am I? We could have put a, a nip in here. Oh my god! <laughs> so if I'm if I'm if I'm remembering it correctly, they're doing bourbon barrels. When they're done, they give them to Bewilder. Bewilder's brewing beer in those, mm-hmm. and then they give them back, and then they give them back, and then they brew more bourbon in them. So you're picking up the beer and the bourbon mm. and they do those very limited runs as well. Yeah. So um we actually got one of those uh barrels as well. Some bourbon beer um, coffee. Yeah. Yay. So we did a, bo- a boiler maker um with some coffee that was fantastic. It's just as well. like a weird so, inception that just keeps going. Inception. That was very intense. <laughs> I got in your mind right there. <laughs> um so that that was kind of cool. So we're we're collaborating with, you know, yeah. Numerous people on that yeah. same project. So um, that you did distilleries first, then this is kind of a brewery collab. Well, we we the very first the very first beer we did was with Uinta. Oh yeah, um, and it was for their yard sale, um, their their actual yard sale that they do in front of the shop when they sell off the products. Oh, not the well, it was the yard sale that they did the winter lager, um, and it was. If I remember correctly, Guatemala, it, was, Dos it was a, a Dos Ninas Guatemala. That, that we one had. you had earlier. Um, or didn't have earlier. Didn't have earlier. The second time I did though, right? Yes. No. No, La Hermosa. Hermosa. Oh. oh. Sorry. That's Spanish. Spanish. Sorry, everybody's got it so confused today, but it's a good thing I'm here to keep it straight. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much. Um, the so, sober one. So yeah, we did. We did um, that beer for that yard sale. Um, it was just on tap. Um they didn't can it or bottle it or anything. It was just for that particular um, event. event. But we were super excited about it, and it turned out fantastic. We were excited. And then that eventually kind of got our mind working into 
you know, what else can we do? And, and talking to Cody at Bewilder, that, that was the next one we did. Um, and we've done a couple with him since then. Um, and then we did some stuff. We've done some stuff with uh, Jeff over at Proper. Um, oh, yeah, you have. Um, Ooh. And then you just came out with one with Epic, correct? Yeah, we just, we just did uh, Big Bad Baptist um, release with Epic. And it, that, that particular beer has been one of my favorites for years. In fact, I still have bottles mm-hmm. from a couple of years ago sitting on my shelf. Um, they just, they, they translate well, you know, even sitting for a couple of years. So sometimes I tell him he's just a beer buyer, not really a beer drinker. That's fine. Because I'm, he'll, yep, guilty of that <laughs> yeah. as well. Yeah. You. I'm just like, with the pointing, are we going to drink these? He's like, oh. Like later. When they're ready. <laughs> yes. So so that was kind of an interesting story. Like, um, I loved that beer for so long. I've got one of their shirts, the Big Bad Baptist shirt. Um, we were at a concert this summer, and I was walking around looking for uh, one of our friends that was there, Jed Matthews from the Bean Hole, another roaster in town. Um, I was looking for him, so I was wandering around, and as I walked past um, a guy, he grabbed me and said, hey, that's my shirt, man. And I, I was like, what do you mean? He goes, yeah, you know, I'm I'm the operations manager is what I think he is, uh, Jordan Schubach over at uh, Epic. Schubach. And uh, I I immediately just like blurted out, what do I got to do to get you to use my coffee in your beer? Nice. And uh, it's kind of forward for me. I wouldn't normally. Panic plug. Yeah, it really was. <laughs> um, and he was so open to it and uh, so friendly about it that he just said, let's, let's talk, you know, so – um, we we brought samples over. We gave them different options, kind of tried to feel out if we wanted to be something really fruit forward on the beer or something a little more traditional. Um, and we settled on a 24-hour, a Columbia 24-hour fermented process coffee that we have that's very fruit forward, um, kind of a fruit bomb. That's what yeah. I'd mm. call it. So um, that's what we settled on, and I think it, Turned out phenomenal. I, I Actually, I haven't it. had that one. What's great. That one came out last month? Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I haven't tried it yet. Yeah. Available yeah. right now currently yeah. at Epic. But. Yeah, I, I was asking uh, Ryan the other day, and he, he said they still have some. So I know where we're going after this. Right. So they, they've, as you probably know, they do multiple releases. They do probably eight different beers, you know. Um, there were a couple of different um, versions of that Imperial Stout. So ours specifically says King's Peak on the stamp where it tells you the ABV on it. Um, so if you're looking for just that one particularly, boom, easy. Pay find. attention to. Is it just barrel aged with coffee and cacao nibs? Okay. Um, and it has your guys' logo on it. Uh, it's not our logo. Just, just it's our name. Just a stamp, you know, oh. on the on on all Epic bottles. If you look, it tells you the you know ABV. I saw sure. someone. Someone did a awesome footage of the. Coffee being poured when the beer was being bottled. That was really cool to see. I'm like, yeah. oh, King's Peak. Oh, that's really sexy. I like that. <laughs> yeah, they were awesome. They um, they really, you know, stepped up and, and filmed a bunch of stuff for us while they were brewing. And, um, yeah, it's been we're, – we're not as good as we could be probably or should be at the social media side of things and pushing it. But we were really happy with what they offered and what they – that's awesome. What they were willing to step up and do for us. You know, the collaboration, that whole collaboration thing with local stuff is like – extremely important to us um why, why is that important to you it's a whole community aspect you know um everything we buy in the shop we tend to buy as much as we can that's local whether it's our pastries our 
even our shipping boxes like come from a, a local place, you know. Um, I just think it's important to get back to your community as much as you possible. We get local art downstairs. We um, we we get tea from Tizanti. Um, you know, all our bakery items are are. You know, we got a West Side baker over here, Canela Bakery, just just um, over here on the West Side that does great stuff. Uh, Bosun's. I like Mexican pastries all day. Every yeah, day. absolutely. But like you said earlier, you're saying that you wanted a place where it was community. And you're, you guys are doing that. That is the space. So what you're saying is it makes sense. Yeah. And what else do you want to collab with? What else? Is there a brewer or a distillery or some type of as – a, as a roaster, who do you want to collaborate with? A organization? A Yeah, I don't, I don't know that I have any specifics in mind in regards to that. I, I definitely – Really appreciate TF Brewing um, and what they do. You know, the beers he makes are phenomenal, in my opinion. Um, but I've never pushed that. Um, I've never asked, I guess. Mm. Dude, um, a coffee Del Mar. Oh, I know. That would be mm-hmm. so good. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we don't, we're, uh, we're not opposed to, like, we would love to have our coffee and anybody who's interested, any brewery that's like, let's do this. Let's let's just see what we can come up with. And the, right. the great part is, is that we have so many different um, roast styles of coffee, um, roast levels, origins. It's just like any 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 vision that they have for what they want that beer to come out like, we could find a coffee that would fit that. Yeah. Does that make sense? So so that's where it would be it would be cool to like collaborate with any of them. And and they could all they're all gonna be different because the coffees are all different. I mean, just the ones that we have so far, they all use different coffees of ours. So And we've we've got a such a great brewery scene here. Like mm-hmm. like I don't I don't know that I know that you get at these other cities and it's different than it is here, um, just in regards to the liquor laws and everything else that goes along with it. But the scene that we have as far as the brew scene here in, in Salt Lake is top notch. Like, like we just have some great breweries. Um, you know, we've, we've, we've been to all of them. We've talked to, um, try to make friends with as many people as we can and just be a part of that community. Yeah. Um, you know, we've, we've chatted with Keto's, we've chatted with, um, Grid City, Salt Fire, even Level Crossing, uh, Chad Hopkins, uh, Hopkins Brewery, um, yeah. So there's there's just so many great people. Yeah. Um, Strap Tank's a little further away from where we're at. We Those don't get guys. down there very often. I feel like but, you might know someone though. But mm-hmm. I but I do think they do great beer. So. And then you uh, like Diaz has some of her uh, cupcakes with King's Peak in there. Yes. Yeah. And we're excited about that. I, I just saw three rock walk out the door this morning. I know. I walked in through the door and I saw you coming around the corner with three in your hand. I was like, oh, I was like, people are buying them. That was so- in addition to the other two she had just given away. I had to go to the back and get more. Or not mm-hmm. given away, but sold. Sold. Yes. Um, so, awesome. yeah. so what was that cupcake, Diaz? That is a red velvet tiramisu. Because why not put two of my favorite cupcakes together? Yeah. Yeah. And I still have the bourbon blend coffee. So I just keep using that. <laughs> Need to get you more. I know. <laughs> Brandy, question for you. What's some goals and aspirations you have for King's Peak? You are the boss. Let's be real. So you you are the roaster. She's wearing you, the deeper shade of red. Yeah. If you, we notice. You, you get the, the I red. I didn't get the red memo. No, you didn't get I got it. the stripes. I don't um, know. But what's some goals you guys have for King's Peak looking forward? That's that's where we're always uh, we're always thinking. We're always trying to uh, come up with what's the what's the next thing? What's the next? What's our next move? Um, 
we would like to see more. We would like to see more, um, maybe more locations. We would also like to be more readily available. So we're looking at more into more grocery stores. We have been reaching out um, to get into some more of the local market. So just just be more available for everyone. And I don't know the in, in the DABS the liquor store. Uh, I don't know a lot of distillers fight for shelf space. Mm-hmm. Is that the same kind of in grocery stores where coffee roasters have to fight for a shelf space? Is that a thing or it's it's uh it's just way more complicated than we thought it would be to get into because I don't, I don't think we know all that yet. Yeah. Like there's still a lot of that okay. stuff we're learning. Um we're in a bunch of little markets, little stores. Um the store, for instance, there's one at the gateway and one out in holiday. Um they've been so great to us from the very beginning, very good about local stuff. Um, and we, we absolutely love the fact that they've been so supportive. Um, Liberty Heights Fresh, Jade Market. Um, there's, there's a lot of little places that we've, we've got stuff in, but going to a bigger scale is a little more complex. You know? Yeah, I have no idea. Because you, well, you guys are also in Walmarts, right? Like on, in, on their local shelf? There's, uh, we're in eight, okay. eight of them. Nice. So, That's uh, pretty cool. Yeah. So that was just a, that was a little like kind of like, get our feet wet, see how that went. Um, we are trying to get into Harmons right now. So we have, we, we did take um, all of our stuff and, you know, Harmons would be really cool Everybody to be in there. Love me some Harmons. Yes. Yeah. So that's. They're so good with local stuff too. Yeah. Like they, Absolutely. They're just phenomenal. So. Much artisanal, everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's, so that's a, that's a route that we are, um, that we're looking at. So, Possibly um, satellite type locations, maybe in more of these high, like density housing, kind of like a friends type thing where everybody that lives there could just come downstairs, grab some King's Peak. So that's that's kind of where our vision is. Roast more. We just want to roast more. We just want to bring more I coffee to more people. I love it. <laughs> really, one of the one of the not to steal hearth thunder, I guess, but. Um, we have a lot of direct trade relationships that was very important for us. We we physically met um, numerous of our, not all of our, all of our producers, but um, we've got good relationships with our producers and um, chose them specifically because they're small, small family farms. Um, we import stuff from them. The more we roast, the more we can sell. The more we can support them, the more we grow, the more they grow. Yeah, um, and we're not just out there buying coffee at sea market prices. Um, you said the twenty-seven hands or whatever it took to. You want to support that first the t- couple hands that were sure. in there. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, we want we want we want to grow, but we want to bring everybody up with us. Like like. I love that. Um, that's really our intention. So um, we try as much as we can. A lot of our single origin coffees come from. Um, small farms that that we feel very good about. So that's awesome. That's so cool. What's something that we can do to help you guys out? Being in uh, you know in the brewing scene, uh, Diaz being in the baking scene, and she's in the brewing scene. Uh, what can we do to help Kings Peak out? Just get our name out there. Like you know, there's so many people. Where if as you notice, our location is a little out of the way. We're we're you know, right on Fourth South, and there's you know a million cars a day drive past us, but nobody knows we're here. Um, our signage is lacking based on our lease, but um, yeah, there's still people that just have never heard of us. So, and we have uh, a lot of parking. 
you know, so much parking. People, I'm always like, it's it. The location is weird, but you're not going to be driving around for ten minutes, and you're not going to have to parallel park. Right. You're just going to pull in, park, and come in and enjoy the vibe. So pull in, park, and, and play. And it's so Boom. cute in here. I love it. It is a great vibe in here. I loved the second I I just got lost in the art before I said hi to anyone. Well, I, I said hi to Carlos, and then <laughs> I just got lost in everything. You only said hi to Carlos because he has better hair than you. Dang. Wow, that was a throw down. Wow, low blow. <laughs> yeah, you're yeah, welcome. That was edited Don't cry. out. Don't cry. <laughs> Do you guys have? I know brewers have kind of like a a brewing community. You know, brewers are really tight. Uh, distilling, they have a community. I talked to another distiller the other day where it's kind of. They want it to be more tighter, but they're they're working on that. Is there like a coffee community? The CC? I think yeah, I think CC. <laughs> I think it's there. I think um I think it takes a little growing into, but I think our community is is solid. Like from the from the first day that we opened, um, you know, Eugene from the Bean Yard, which is another uh, coffee roaster in town. He showed up on our front door. We'd never met him before. He brought us a bag of coffee with a handwritten note on the back of it that said, um, you know, congratulations on getting open and getting started and welcome oh, to the community. Yeah. so rad. More um, neighbors should do that. I and, like that. And, and they'd only been open that same year. I think they opened earlier in 2018 as well. Um, so that was awesome. Uh, Brandon from um, Cafe Ibis came down um, and, and you know, we had we just had a nice outpouring of support Um and I don't, you don't feel it from everybody always, um, sure. which, which kind of bums you out a little bit. I wish it was a little more um, close. We tried for for a while there, 2018, uh, Missy from Public, Eugene from the Bean Yard, um, a couple other people had, had kind of gotten together and, and taken over the, as a group of us, I guess, had taken over the... Coffee... They had the, the Utah barista. Coffee Guild. The, the yes, barista the barista guild. guild. The barista, the barista guild. guild. That had like kind that. of fallen by the wayside a little bit and wasn't being utilized as much. And and the group thought was we can change it over to being more encompassing of the whole coffee community and not just baristas. So it was uh, Utah Coffee Collective. Yeah. And we would have meetings once a month prior to the pandemic and just kind of discuss what we could all do to support each other. Just kind of a cool um, situation because the roasters, as a roaster, you there's not a lot of information out there on it. It's not something that you could just. There's more and more now. There probably is more now, but it's not something that you could just get on the internet. It's kind of something, it's a learned type thing. And then it was kind of cool to talk to other roasters and just like, you know, talk about things that you're doing and get excited about what we're doing and stuff like that. So those those meetings were fun, and then we were always trying to figure out what we could do to make coffee more community here, because coffee is pretty community in other oh, for places. Sure. When you when you land in a place that fifty percent of the population doesn't partake for the most part, so then you're kind of like you're like, how do we make a community of this type of place? And so it was it was that was a lot of fun, and, and Missy's always like, we need to bring it back up, we need to bring it back up, so one just of us do it. probably Why don't you guys do it. Just, I know. just host it. <laughs> I mean, you have so much space here. Host it. We weren't actually on the board. You know, it's a it's a nonprofit. They had a board. Um, we I could definitely start it. I couldn't up. commit yeah. to being on the board. I was so overwhelmed. She was working a full-time job, and I was running this yeah. um, with help, obviously, but I, I just couldn't commit to being part of that board, so I didn't actually um, become part of that. 
um, and everybody's gotten so busy. We'd like to do more. We we planned events. We had like a group event up at Cafe Ibis where we went through their roastery. We had a group That's event so cool. in uh, Great Basin brew, uh, coffee roasters that um, other roasters all got the same coffee, and then they brought the coffee down, and we all sampled them and. Um, you know, they had a we had a Christmas party at public one year. Oh, cool! Um, so we're trying to get the coffee community together. We do some latte art throwdowns. Um, what was that called? Latte art throwdowns. I thought you said that. Yeah. It's also yeah. I just got WWE fight. into my head. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We've done a couple here that were uh, that turned out pretty awesome. Like that's uh, so cool. You get the breezes together that um, can compete for prizes, and sometimes you have a cash prize. Sometimes you have a a cool trophy. Sometimes you have, you, you know, you bring this kind of stuff like back. Just like a bean on top of a little pedestal. A bean. Right. Yeah. If you look on our Instagram, there's actually um, a pretty massive trophy. trophy. Oh, wow. Um, wow. I don't know if it's because I drink coffee and now my brain's going, da 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 Probably. But in my brain, you know what how we- was that again? da 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 You know how we do, like Slug Magazine puts on like Bruce Stillery and like all of these things. Like what if there was like a coffee- Cough stillery. Cough stillery. No, that just sounds like everyone's sick. Sick. Sounds horrible. Take that out. Take it out. <laughs> we'll work on it. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll uh, send this to the think tank later. Um, but yeah, how rad would that be if you just got like everybody in town together in one place and just like put out your best roasts, right? Got to like, be in the morning because there will be well, just yeah. jittered out there. Right. Yeah. 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 Start at 6 a.m. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> I mean, that's when most people are yeah. wake, right? But yeah, like how awesome would that be? Like Very if you cool. have a King's Peak booth, if you have a public booth, if you have... But that's the way, because you guys are kind of reaching towards how you can be different or how you can be, uh, you know, the next tre- trend or fad. But this is something where you can bring a community in and you help do that and it brings more spotlight to you as well as everyone around you. I think sure. it's really cool kind of community effort. So we, we tried to put something together before Christmas, but I ran out of time. Um, Next Christmas. This will be in well, it'll probably just be during the year. Um, I don't think it has to wait toward Christmas, but I think that um, after talking to a, a few roaster friends, I think it would be cool to create a sample box. Um, we called it the Salt Lake Sampler is what we initially oh, called cool. it. Um, and we had talked a little bit about this in the Coffee Collective, uh, possibly doing some kind of subscription and, and all of the roasters being involved with that, um, but that just never transpired. But the idea is you could have a box that just has, you know, three or four eight ounce coffees from different local roasters, whether it's the bean hole logos, public, um, you know, I could go through a long list, shook coffee roasters down in, um, Capital Reef. Yeah. Capital Reef area, Tory. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just so many great shops, Wasatch up in Ogden. There's so many great roasters that we could all, you know, somehow figure out that's, that's trying to figure out all the details on yeah, that is course. interesting, but, but to let, Utah coffee shine and, and, you know, you could gift that to someone that lives in Massachusetts and we'll ship a box out, you know, maybe once a month we do a different collaboration and it could be a different roaster every time, but, um, it's not about money necessarily. It's about just letting people see what we're all capable of and, and see other shops and every shop can write a little write up. They can put whatever coffee they want it. They can do a write up of who they are, their website, their information. Um, and hopefully more people start to find us. Like there's so many people moving into this state that aren't from here um, really opens up a lot of opportunities for us to be found and known. And I love that. Um, yeah. That's it's so a solid cool. idea. Part of, part of the like obstacle with Utah isn't so much just the LDS population, but just as with me, even 
if you grew up LDS, you didn't drink coffee. It's not part of your routine. And just like you asked, you didn't drink sodas. Like that's not where you went. You went to coffee instead. The soda scene is so huge here that so many people don't ever acquire a taste for coffee. They don't ever coffee flavored soda. Boom. Oh. <laughs> Shh, cut that out. I was going to say, keep We'll that talk to about ourselves. that later. Um, so, so there's a, like there's a, even more of an uphill battle of these people that aren't LDS anymore, but they don't drink coffee still because they never acquired a taste for it. And it's just like you, Diaz. Like, yeah. You know, it's a little bitter to you when you first start. You know, like an IPA, and then you. Yep. The more you drink, yeah, the more. I you think eat. it's education. You guys can start like an education program where you're teaching people about different roasts, and then you can pair that and do that. But you know, that's another rabbit hole you can go we down. We had so many plans leading into the pandemic that just got sidelined. And so. the, the world ended. Yeah, yeah, pretty much, and dun, it dun, reset. Dun, dun. It's totally different now. Mm -hmm. But coffee's so. still here. Yeah, coffee's still here. Thank God. God. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that's really cool. I like this. I think yeah, you guys have a good hand in the community, and I think that coffee community needs to be. More shine, shoned. I like that word, shown. Shown, shown bright shown like a diamond. Shown bright like a diamond. We'd also like to get, um, we'd like to expand our, our wholesale more, get into more restaurants. We really like, you know, personally, this is, this is also for our, our own benefit. Because if we go to breakfast places, there's a lot of them that we like bring our own coffee too, just because they, and not to talk down, but a lot of places use like Costco or Cisco or Farmer <laughs> Brothers. Or, <laughs> yeah. They just use Folgers. like Folgers. Yeah. There's just stuff like that. And it's like, if I'm going to go here and I'm going to have a really, really good breakfast, I want a really, really good coffee. So then that's where sometimes we just brainstorm, like maybe we just open a breakfast joint that has really good coffee. Because um, <laughs> there's a rumor that Grid City is going to start brunch. See? So. And I know the new person that's working there. It's weird. weird. I know that the non-alcoholic bar, Curiosity, makes – they like using local products as best as possible. And they put their you know, products in non-alcoholic beverages. So a local coffee kind of makes sense. Yeah. You can reach out to places like that. Yeah. We should yeah, have mentioned sure. that we're, uh, we make an espresso syrup um, that we sell to Purgatory. Oh, and awesome. And it is – they make an espresso martini that's on their menu that, that is, is just phenomenal. Yeah. So in Purgatory, every time we drop off the espresso syrup, all the all the bartenders are like, "Oh my god, the bitches are going to be so happy now because they just, they just <laughs> everybody loves that love cocktail that. so much." So it's and it's one of their best selling cocktails. So we're open to doing that too. Like let's let's get more espresso cocktails yeah. in the world. Yeah, Absolutely. maybe Water Witch. Yeah, that's like you, you can be coffee's got. That versatility where you can be in anything. Honestly, you can sure. be in cocktails, you can be in baked goods, you can be in beer, you can be in, yeah. Uh, you guys have, yeah. Hire someone to help you push that shit out there. Yeah. What's that noise? That's the, That's the push that shit noise. <laughs> yeah. You didn't recognize it? I didn't, no. I love how you and I are on the same page, Carla. <laughs> we can read each other. Thank you. <laughs> no, but guys, I, I thank you for taking the time today to sit down and, and talking a little bit more about King's Peak. I feel like you guys have, have something so beautiful about to blossom and take off even further. I can't wait to see what happens for you guys. If there's anything you can you need or I can help you with or we can help you as a community, just reach out. Like All you got to do is ask. And the worst they can say is no. Okay. Sure. Next. Sure. Yeah. I always get nervous about pushing like friendships. Like, you know, I want to meet people and I want them to appreciate that relationship 
without there being business. So I'm probably a terrible salesperson. <laughs> um, or, or the most genuine. Mm. And that's what's going to build a longer relationship. I don't like the sales pitchy kind of thing, right? Yeah. But I like, I could be your friend and I could be like, hey, by the way, here's a collaborative idea. If you like it, great. If not, it's all good. I still love you. Yeah. And I, I, I would rather put my eggs in that basket than someone be like, lay out product in front of you. Like, here's my product. It's the best. Boom. Right. Uh, okay. That's a lot. Come on. It's like the first date. It's <laughs> <laughs> a lot. <laughs> I don't need that right now. Your friends own them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You kind of do, though. Business-wise. Yeah. Sure. Randy. <laughs> yeah. I appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. And uh, on that note, my friends, until the next roast. Yes. Cheers. Thank Cheers. you. been another episode of the tastemasters find us on instagram at the underscore tastemasters twitter at the tastemasters or on facebook as the tastemasters like share subscribe dm us for any questions or leave a review tell your friends and thanks for listening produced and recorded at fuse audio give them a follow at fuse underscore audio